guys, it's John Farris, and you're listening to In Excess Access All Areas. Access, access all areas. Episode one twenty six, the podcast that dives deep into all things great about this band. Gets them in the hall of fame. Have fun along the way with my compadre B and a bunch of loyal listeners and patrons and general audiences. B, how are you? Back on another weekend sojourn down to Sydney and uh, ripping the light, fantastic or tripping the light, fantastic. How are you? Yes, I'm fine, thank you. That the hand did well, I must admit, it was pretty good. I strapped it up, went down there. So thank you to my friend Glenn and his wife Marlene. Thank thank you for putting me up. I missed the boat though. Did you know that? Did you well, hear no, that? But, well, there's a there's part there's two parts of this. Only you oh. could break break your wrist and not realise it, okay, <laughs> until three weeks later. And secondly, you missed the boat. Was that was because you were running late or what happened? Did you swim onto the boat? Did you do, uh, you know? <laughs> it's a bit of a story, actually. So, yeah. What well, is the boat in the six, first place? Just explain for those who don't know. Well, six six hours it took me to drive to Glenn's house from Coffs Harbour and I arrived on time. In fact, it was early. Then Melina came in. We got ready. Then we had to cat. Get get to the um, train station, train station, and then run <laughs> to the boat. And we just and what's saw on the boat? What up. was on the boat for the listeners? The, the boat was. <laughs> Talk to me nicely, you. No, I tell you what, Glenn I, actually to... says this. You don't talk to me very nice on here. Well, that's so true. You, that, you I'll admit that. Be nice. Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm steering you for the listeners so they actually understand what is the purpose of the boat. <laughs> I'm getting there. <laughs> You're like a big kid now. No. Okay, so it's a big, big, massive glass boat. It was like a fairy tale, actually. Three levels, and um, like I said, I missed it. It turned around, came back. What's on I the talk- boat? You're gonna <laughs> find out. Bloody hell. Anyway, the guy, the guy, he might not have let me on if I hadn't have told him this, that I'd, I'd travelled away from Coffs Harbour because he used to live in Coffs Harbour. So he understood. So he got the boat come back and on the boat was the biggest party you've ever seen. Georgie O'Connell and Georgie Connell and her husband, Steve. Thank you so much. What an amazing 50th birthday party she actually organized um and it was a a charity event as well so she didn't have birthday presents she put it to her friend's charity what else do you want to bloody know well what was the in excess reference of on the boat (laughs) we're doing an in excess podcast all the listeners are probably going what's this got to do with in excess (laughs) georgie and i met an in (laughs) Georgie and I met at an in excess party for Michael in 2017, which I mentioned last week. Yes. Yes. Okay. So she had the same 
people who were the tribute band in excessive which are the um, new south wales version so you and i saw the uh, victoria yes so i got to speak to the drummer hello steve and he would like to come onto the show um one day soon and talk about a really gorgeous guy called juzzy who used to be the michael in the um in their in their repertoire they've been going since 1996 wow they done have they got a new singer is that right well, I thought he was a new singer, but he's actually been with them for four years, so he oh, isn't okay. really a new singer. But that's um, that was um, uh, yeah, just well, an interesting yeah. anecdote about new lead singers. Apparently, ACDC uh, Brian Johnson still refers to himself as the new guy. Yeah, uh, forty-one years later after Bon Scott. Uh, so, um, but yes, I, I guess I was being a little bit pushy and stuff like that because not all of our listeners listened to last week. So you had a boat turn around and actually oh. say, "We need you on this boat to come yeah. to the inexpensive gig," and they yeah. uh, let you on. Yeah. And yeah. Glenn must Glenn must have been happy. Were you yelling this out from the shoreline at this point? No, no, I was pretty cool. <laughs> had my shades on. I was expecting. <laughs> I was expecting some sort of round of applause, so I, we got on very sheepishly. But it cheapest, cheaply, cheapishly, yeah. yeah. I was <laughs> um, expecting a round of a booze because they were going, oh, we're going back to shore. <laughs> but it was really, really good planning because everybody rushed on, rushed to the bar, and the bar was free by the time I got up there. So it was cool. I got straight Hello, to the B. bar. Hello, <laughs> B. And there was a gorgeous guy called Justin. Um, sorry, no, not Justin. I keep calling him Justin. His name was Julian. Hi, Julian. Um, you looked after me most of the night, and. Yes, you look like Michael Hutchins, and I was very happy about that. Over to you, Hayden. How was your weekend? <laughs> well, you know, nowhere near as advanced as yours and stuff like that. I live a very quiet life these days. But uh, um, I guess the exciting thing today, and we're going to talk about it in a moment, but we've got John Farris on the show today. First oh. of a, probably a double part or maybe a triple part, we'll see, uh, who's going to be on today. And I know a lot of our uh, regular listeners are very excited to hear for, for John coming on. Uh, and also, too, I guess we, we have just come off a double episode of the two eras and uh, slash 1977 to 86 plus 1987 to 97. And we were putting a poll is that right we did we've put the poll up we're going to do it for a couple of weeks though aren't we but i just wanted to reference to um everybody that it's very even stevens at the moment Mm. i haven't seen the poll Uh, no i haven't seen it but i'll definitely be putting my vote can you vote twice no, you cannot vote <laughs> twice. So for those that have um, voted, thank you very, very much. There's quite a few of you, and I know that you're listening, um, especially Pinky. Hello, Pinky. Hello, Pinky. <laughs> Hello, Pinky. Yeah. Uh, um, are we going to be talking about Shabu Shabar, the release? Have you been Well, we will. Yeah, I just, just for I like your one. video. <laughs> Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, quick one with the poll. I, I guess really simply, it's about picking oh. which era relates to you the best, really, wasn't it? Yes. So, you know, summer is that first part of their career and, the, and some of the second part. So there's no right or wrong answer. We'd just love to no. get some feedback and yeah. uh, in line with the episode. So uh, uh, get on to our platforms uh, and uh, tick away. Where do, where do people vote, B? On Facebook, on our page. So if you can okay. find us, yeah, in excess, access all areas, um, podcast. Yes. Well, uh, you did bring up, uh, before we look at the Shabu Shabar, um, mm. I did put a little video up. Uh, there's nothing better than going into buying a tactile CD or vinyl or something that's real with music. So I did happen to, on Saturday, have a day free of children, uh, and I had a Hayden day. So I went to my favourite Italian place uh, restaurant in Melbourne, uh, which is Pellegrini's. Hello to the gang there. And then I walked down to Burke Street uh, and walked into JB Hi-Fi and down the escalators, trying to go down the different 
different aisles and things to find it. And uh, I was able to pick up the CD version, I guess, of the US Festival, uh, you know, remastering by Mark Opitz with the nine tracks on it, uh, and went to the counter and gladly paid away. Um, although I'm sort of half thinking there might have been a CD version of all the bonus tracks ones, but I think that might be a digital release. Is that right, Bill? Hang, hang on, you got the US Festival and Shibu Shiba. No, I just got the. I only had the US Festival CD there. Oh, so you didn't get yeah. Shibu Shiba? No, well, not the Shibu Shiba. It was it was not anything different to the old ones. It was maybe just some old ones there. But is there a CD version of Shibu Shiba with all the bonus I, tracks? I've like, just or, done the digital for now. I think it's only digital. I think mm. then there's the vinyl clear co- uh, copy that some got. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, sounds uh, great. I've, I've congratulated Mark. He's uh, very happy yes. about that. Mm. We're going to try get Mark Opitz on in the next couple of weeks after our John Four H to talk a bit about the release. I think Mark's in Perth this week doing a few gigs and a few speeching engagements there about his. Uh, career and also about this new release. So uh, you may hear Mark on the radio dials near you and a few other sort of uh, potential places. But um, yes, yeah, so I put on the CD in the car on the way home and was uh, I even I even uh, kept sole mistake on B. I even had to listen to that. So uh, hello, mm. Paul Jolly and Carmen. So mm-hmm. uh, there you go. But um, yeah, that was sort of my in excess week, I guess, in return to your question. But you can't wait for your kids to get a little bit older and you can get more of that independence, hey? <laughs> True, true. Well, the key part is indoctrinating my CD collection to my son. So I've just got to gradually. Hang on, I've got to go through it first. What you're on about? What's that? <laughs> if you what? pass, if you, if you, oh, really? if you kick the bucket, you won't leave it to me. Oh, right. Okay. All right. Okay. This B is 10 years older than me, ladies and gentlemen, sort of uh, passing the buck. Okay. Now, <laughs> speaking of patrons, B. Hang uh, on, 10, year, 10 years you're older. You just got that one, did you? I know, I know. A <laughs> little bit, a little bit slow on the uptake there, but uh, yes, no, it's only at least six years, I guess. But uh, we, we we're narrowing it in. But here's the funny thing, B. I, I, I heard a funny anecdote the other day on Facebook. Someone said something along the lines: "There are there are more nipples in the world than people." So I thought I would share that word to wisdom today. <laughs> Which my meter thought was there will always will be, <laughs> but uh, oh yes, that's God. my friendly friendly comment of the week. But uh, I'd better straighten up and say uh, we have a new patron. We don't know their name yet, but uh, uh, you know who you are. You're, you're in process of getting onboarded. Uh, we will announce your name next week, but we do welcome you to the crew. Um, but over to the regular patrons, we'd like to welcome thee. I'd like to say hello to everybody outside on the highway. Let's all say hello to everybody outside. It's about ten thousand people at least. Well, a massive hello to our honorary members, Tim Farris, Nick Egan, Mark Opitz, Richard Simpkins, Cameron Adams, Mary Woods, Darren Jones and Paul Jolie. Our patrons, Carmen, Laurie, Carrie-Anne, Danielle, Sarah Markran, Sarah Camia, Dr. Jim, Katie, Lisa Mack, Anne-Marie, Susan P, Susan B, Foxy, Pedro, Mandy, Matt, Linda, Yvonne, Caroline, Amanda H, Amanda V, David, Tracy, Paul Bridges, Paul Buckley, Sandrine, Ella, Ryder, Tony, Erica, Abigail, Martin, Val, Jim, Matey, Kelly, Jackie, Sean, Sheila, Shannon, Helen, Brett, Suzanne, Laurel, Bard, Genevieve, Shelby, Manny, Laurie, Jill, Yari, Leos, Heidi, Paula, Lisa, Angie. Bear with me, everyone. Nancy, Juliet, Scott, 
Anthea, Maria, Nicole, Tracy, Darren, Vernon, Jamie, Diana, Stefan, Andrew, Georgina, and a new patron, new to the to the team, is Stephen. Hi, Stephen. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, and a special mentions to Sudi, Joe Robbins, John A. Vink, Michael, Glenn, Paul, and Jay. Welcome to the podcast. We're not going to do much talking about the John Ferris interview. We'll be coming up to very soon, but it is now time for... It's time for the news. This is Manny from the UK, and here is the news. All right, B, news of the week. Uh, the album is unfortunately out of the top 40. It was at 46 with a bounce last week from 60, but it has sort of rebounded out again. But uh, maybe the Shabu Shabar release may drag some uh, digital online listeners into that sphere again. And we hope that Shabu Shabar, be it uh, that release, uh, uh, gets some traction. So I'll be eagerly waiting till Friday, Saturday this week in Australia about the charts and seeing if it has a uh, an entry at a high point or at least an entry at all. But the very, very exciting chart news, B, and I did send an email to this gentleman last week and I think uh, sent a messenger thing to his wife and suddenly within about four hours they were out there posting away and maybe we were the uh, instigators of their awareness but Andrew Farris is in the top 40 in America in the Billboard uh, country singles charts. He was very excited by it. I think Marlena was as well and um, I guess uh, there has been a few little sort of thank yous uh, from Andrew on behalf of all the fans who uh, had a uh, chance of buying it and just goes to show B when you get out and do a bit of media and do a little bit of press and do a little bit of promoting and, and you are in the country of said choice, uh, people start buying what you're doing. Other than the fact it's a great song. It's a great song. I kept going yeah. on about this song. It's a very good song. So, yeah, yeah I, well, the Americans know, don't they? Yeah. But, you know, I said, it's interesting. It's the fifth single off the album, and I guess I don't know if it's the first or second release there, but, uh, um, you know, Andrew did do lots and lots of interviews there. It's probably what I would say, and I said this to Andrew in an email, I said it's probably the most accessible, as in access, there you go, accessible uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, song in the sense that, uh, it's got a little bit of a rocky vibe to it. It's got a bit of a, a like a Rolling Stone, mm. uh, Angel of Harlem sort of uh, mm. lyricy beat to it, and mm. um, it probably is a song that, that could cross over into both rock and country charts. It's got a bit of a hybrid there, isn't it, B? Yeah, yeah. To give us more of that, Andrew, please. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, great news in that sense there. And, uh, and speaking of Andrew and gigs, he, uh, I think, did a, a gig up on the Gold Coast last week. There was a, some footage of him looking out of the hinterland and looking down uh, the, uh, the regional areas of the Gold Coast. But I think he had a gig last Sunday. So you can get uh, online and maybe see some footage of that or some see the set list at least. Hi, this is Andrew Farris. A big congratulations to Hayden and B for getting the show together and making it a success. Yeah. Also, too, in Australia, B, they have just recently had, I think, for the month of October, a thing called Rocktober. And every year on Triple M, which is our rock station here in Australia, they like to do a re ranking uh, and like to do a uh, uh, sort of a, a fan vote of all the uh, top uh, thousand Australian songs or the top 500, whatever it might be. I think it was a thousand. Oh, actually, it might have been top 500. 
Actually, sorry, it was a top 300. There you go. I do know what it is. It was a top 300. I correct myself then. <laughs> I'm glad you um, remembered. I've been listening all week and I wouldn't even. <laughs> yeah, well, look, look, uh, look, Inexus just didn't top the chart. I think Ice House through Great no. Southern Land, uh, which is uh, an iconic Australian song, did that. I have just for the listeners here uh, re- uh, kept a record of the Inexus tracks that got voted in uh, to the best Australian songs in the last, you know, X amount of years. Uh, and they had 17 entries out of 300, B, which is probably about sort of almost, uh, what is that, dividing? that in it's about uh you know one in uh do my maths about one in 20 one in 15 uh of the tracks were in excess tracks so uh working away from the highest charting ones to the lowest but they had uh never terrace park came in at number five don't change 27 need you tonight 35 what you need 45 good times 55 new sensation 65 mr five 77 original sin 93 Disappear 103, Suicide Blonde 128, Send a Message 153, Kiss the Dirt 181, Listen Like Thieves 217, Devil Inside 233, surprisingly a bit low, Kick, Not Even a Single was 253, By My Side 269, and Burn For You 289, I was surprised by that, that's sort of quite iconic in this country. I guess fantastic for the band to uh, constantly be uh, uh, reminding these polls of just how great they are. Well done, boys. All right, now we've got a few happy birthdays and one little ROP. Now there is a, an iconic um 80s uh, punk band in America called the Dead Kennedys. And uh, like name, like reality, their drummer unfortunately died on the weekend. Uh, mm-hmm. So we do say RIP to you. Dead Kennedys were quite sort of symbolic of that sort of punk era there and uh, still hold a very rabid cult fan base. So uh, kudos, um, I guess, and RIP uh, to the drummer there. Um, happy birthdays, OB. Uh, gee, if, if anybody knows one of our loyal patrons, uh, uh, Susanna in uh, in LA, who loves to get a photo with uh, Simon Le Bon or anyone from mm-hmm. Duran Duran at any moment in time, mm-hmm. it was Simon Le Bon's birthday on the weekend, it where was. he turned uh, mm-hmm. well, the end of last week, he turned sixty four. And uh, so big happy birthday to Simon. And uh, there was a good little article throughout the week where Nick Rhodes, the keyboard guy, talked about an album, Medazzaland, which was made around the time Michael passed. And there's a song on there, I think, saying, Michael, you've got something to answer for. And Mm -hmm. uh, there was a little article about that. Yeah. but also within In Excess World B, there's some big happy birthdays to Pretty Vegas, October 27th. Uh, it turns uh, 17. Uh, the song that uh, hit top 40 in America and on digital sales was a top five hit. Uh, and the big comeback with JD. Also, big happy birthday, I think, today to Full Moon Dirty Hearts today, B. Turns yeah. 20, 29. Yeah. Uh, Shining Star turns 31 today. Yeah. And Pretty Vegas, which I've mentioned. Oh, yeah, Taste It was released today. Uh, November 2nd, 30 years ago oh, uh, today. God. So, you feel I know, I know. So <laughs> it's like uh, there's always these October, November happy birthdays for a lot of inexcessible <laughs> material, B. Mm. So very, very excited about some of those little birthdays there. Uh, anything connected with you on those? Happy birthdays. Yeah, it's been a bit of a rocktober um, birthday yeah. for, for a lot of yeah. people. So, yeah. So, yes, happy birthday to Simon Le bon. There's some lovely photos of him and Michael um, out there on the socials. But, B, the segment that people have been waiting for for about eight weeks now, the segment that people have absolutely been wanting to know all about, has finally made a return now, B. It's time for your favourite Media Wars. Hi, this is Katie from England. You're listening to NXS Media Wars. 
All right, Pete. Well, uh, I can say with great confidence here, we have one of the greatest segments of Media Wars today because there's only one person and only one person alone who is the inspiration behind Media Wars. Not Andrew, not Michael, not Tim, not Gary, not John, uh, not JD, not anybody else who filled in, but the one and only Kirkster. <laughs> Kirkster's been back out there this week and found an avenue to uh, do some self-referencing and things. Now, there was an article uh, in Flipboard, uh, which is an online publication, where Kirk is out there talking about the release of his new rosé. Now, I don't know if that's the last bottle that he had be or he's relaunching or re-promoting it, but he's done some articles this particular week on some of the platforms where you go Kirk Pengelly, rosé, wine, and the inspiration behind it. Okay, so uh, Kirkster, we bow to you, we salute you, and we thank you for tarting it up again. Good on you, And if you want to send us a case, that would be nice. Thank you very much. (laughs) Okay, B, and that's the news. Hey, this is Tim Farris. Big shout out to Hayden and B. Also want to say hello to all the listeners and NXS fans. Thanks for listening. I love you, Hayden and B. You're doing a great job. Keep it up. This is Ella from Middleburg, the Netherlands. You're listening to In Excess, Access All Areas with Hayden and B. And now it's time for the topic of the week. All right, B, well, we are very excited today to be having on our fourth member of In Excess in our history of, uh, of episodes, B, and we're going to be welcoming on, in a short moment, John Farris from In Excess. Um, we actually, through the sake of uh, continuity, did record this interview last week, and we are very excited to sort of cut it together in sort of probably two episodes for you. And we did want to preface from the outset that we we did ask John initially a little bit, how long have you got, you know, because uh, we always like to tell our guests and things. And he said, oh, I've at least got 30 minutes. Well, John, very kind. Finally, spent close to an hour and a half, didn't he, B? Yeah. But we sort of approached the interview a lot of the time in a real rush. So if we are a little bit rushing with our questions, we didn't quite know we had an hour and a half till sort of 60 minutes in and all that sort of stuff. So we tried to weave some patron questions in where we could, um, but we were under some clock pressure with it. Um, but we really do want to thank John for his erudite answers and just his ability to, to share and we think you're in for a treat. So without further ado, B, let's welcome John Farris to NXS Access All Areas. First of all, we'd like to say welcome to John Ferris to NXS Access All Areas. Uh, thank you for coming on, John. Thanks. Great to be here. And, uh, and thanks for giving me access to all areas. <laughs> <laughs> we had a, a very good friend of yours uh, recommend you as a potential good host, uh, Simon Yo. Simon Yo. How did you hook up with Simon? I know. We interviewed Simon about a year ago and he says hi. I spoke to him this morning and uh, he said he's got some camo hats for you. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so what's, what's the what's the tie-in? What's the context? Okay. Okay. So, we, I mean, our podcast, uh, and again, if you haven't heard about it, we are doing a retrospective of 1977 to uh, 2012 of In Excess. You are episode, I think, 125. So, we've done this for two years and about, 20 weeks. Wow. Episode seven was dedicated to you and everything that you have done within the band. And we're doing a comprehensive deep dive on everything to do with the band. Friendships. We've had Mark Opitz on five or six times. We've had Nick Egan on three or four times. We've had wow. Tim, Tim, your brother on two or three. <laughs> Nick Lornay a couple of weeks ago. Richard Clapton, a good friend of yours and obviously uh, an important guy in your career. I think there's two parts or themes to this. One is to help get you guys in the Rock Hall of Fame. 
not that vanity prevails, we just think it's something's deserved. And secondly, we'd like to sort of right some wrongs and get a full, accurate chronology of what In Excess was about rather than just the kick album. Yes. Yeah, okay. So that's in a nutshell what we're doing. And uh, Kirk did say, how can you come up with 50 episodes about us, let alone 100? But <laughs> we've, we've somehow managed it, etc. there. So we'll we'll sort of fire away. We, we've sort of worked on this theme and I, I've done a bit of research, but um, I'd like to work backwards and, and, and I, I assume that obviously being in Byron and up in the hinterland there, um, you've really had two lives, haven't you? You've had this sort of life in Hong Kong and, and on the road and then this beautiful sort of serene life that seems to have really agreed with you. Um, I guess in a nutshell, uh, how do you enjoy life where you are right now? Because it seems uh, from afar you do uh, very much so, you know? Look, thanks. Look, first of all, let me just say uh, it's really a pleasure to be here on your platform and uh, thanks for all the stuff you've been doing and uh, really great that, you, that you're sort of knitting together this interesting web of um, you know, this mesh of, of associated and exist uh, concepts and, and, and conversation. It's really great. So thanks for having me. My wife and I, Kerry and I, we moved from Sydney, uh, which I love. Now, that was my favourite city in the world um, and having, I would say, a, a pretty good, you know, experience of seeing many cities in different countries and living in different places and and, and uh, Australia was was always home even when I wasn't living in Australia you know and Sydney was always my favorite city but you know in the last 10 15 years everything's kind of shifting a little bit um, personal needs have changed situations changed so we just found that we we're in the city we're going why are we in the city we we don't need to be in in at work at nine in the morning in some office somewhere so um you know so we started to look at it in the country moving the country and we'd always been down south we'd been down further down south where uh, tim's farm was down in kangaroo valley and my dad used to live down near there and we were always heading south and then my dad moved north and we're like, hey, dad, you know, we're just down. And, and so he went north at that point, um, then he passed away. So we just decided, well, we're just going to move uh, and just start fresh in a new place. So we're up here close to where Kerry's parents are and Kerry's family. So they're up near, near um, just on the border of Queensland and New South Wales. So where we live is uh, is beautiful. We're in the country We're we're, you know, surrounded by trees and wild animals, uh, including my children. Yeah. Uh, which we consider wild animals and yes. me, I'm yes. a pretty wild animal. And, and, um, but we also have some farm animals and, uh, you know, I'm a great lover of nature and, and just love, um, I love nature. I'm, I'm a huge, I, you know, just, I can't survive unless I'm sort of um, amongst that. So it's just elevated my whole life into a wonderful uh, place now because I'm surrounded by all the things I love, my family, uh, you know, animals, uh, trees, birds, uh, green hills and if that's not agreeable to someone then i don't really know why that sure. would not be but i mean ultimately to me that that's what i consider uh, paradise so so yeah we sure. made that happen that was great were you affected by the floods at all because you're quite near lismore aren't you Right. Yeah. Look, it affected everybody, and it still is has been affected. We're still affected by it. Uh, mm-hmm. That was absolutely horrific. I'd say catastrophic. You know, it's been a lot going on. Uh, the floods were very serious. It's very sad because a lot, a lot of families and a lot of people who've lived here a long time who just literally just had to move out. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had these uh, government officials running around condemning houses and, and just telling people, you know, you got to go, and they've been there all their lives and, and all the our lives are ruined. Um, I was in, I was driving down to Sydney when that was all happening, and and it was just like biblical. The rain was 
absolutely just insane. And I went down to Sydney and then while I was down there, I had an accident and I put my neck out. So I had to come back, back up to Byron where I was in traction for about three weeks. And that whole time uh, was when the aftermath of the floods were and my wife, Kerry, was out there helping everybody, you know, like mm-hmm. trying to bring food to people and, and cooking food and, and trying to distribute things that people need. You know, we're, we're recovering. Uh, we were fine because we're elevated. A lot of people aren't. Um, and, yeah, so it's amazing to see a community come together. And, and Sounds like uh, uh, regional Victoria, where I'm based at the moment. You right. know, um, we've had, you know, these awful floods across Victoria. Yeah, um, I heard. Yeah, uh, which has sort of gone international. We've had a few people say to us, "Oh, you guys are all right," but I mean, obviously, it's up on the co- uh, up on the river, uh, the Murray and the Goulburn and those sort of areas. But it's, um, yeah, probably, uh, you know, we could treat our planet a bit better, and we might uh, not have these things, you know, happen our way. Well, look, I mean, I mean, you could you could go down that angle. That seems to be what's on offer. That seems to be the first port of call. Is what they, uh, you know, they just. Uh, Repeat over and over and over. If you're someone who watches the television all day long, that's what you, your reality will be. Mm-hmm. Uh, if yeah. you turn the television off and do some research, you'll find that may not be uh, necessarily the case. No, um, that's right. But, but that's for right. those who, who like to uh, explore what's more beyond what some guy who's paid to tell you what reality is and, and go beyond that a little bit, um, you will find that there's a lot more to it than just that. Uh, and if people are that interested in, in um, worrying about that, then then research on your own and get your own information, not from uh, someone who's sponsored to tell you that. Yes. yes. songs that you wrote, Old World, New World, could almost be the metaphor of your yeah. living life, uh, John. Incredible. Absolutely. It, that is what that is what we're experiencing, you know. Um, this old world that has been kind of almost replaced by the new world, if you, if you look at that song and then you look at what's happening now, it's exactly what's happening. There's a, there's a spiritual transition and, you know, there's a, collect, a human collective transition from old to new and, and there's a technological transition, you know, but, but really some of the old methods and the old things are beautiful and, and don't need changing, you know, like. The craft. Craft, you know, um, basic things, you know, a, a mother to, to child relationship, you know. Mm. Well, in the new world now, then, you know, both parents go out to work and then, you know, they give the kids to the state to, state to bring up. That is becoming, you know, what we call a new world and we think that that's progress. Well, it really isn't. It's actually the opposite direction, you know. So um, I, I look at that, that song in the same way, Hayden, in the sense that, you know, it, 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 stirs, um, it stirs one to think. And, and look, I'm a very curious person, so I like to think a lot. And I think very heavily about everything. So, um, and, and, and I was only thinking just the other day about old world, new world, and how relevant that is. Uh, yeah, strange. A lot more polarized. What's happening yeah. right now is a lot more polarized, isn't it? We're now just very easy to see now the difference between what we're being served up in terms of let's, let's accept this new thing as opposed to where as opposed to where we've come from, and we're only a couple of generations away from. Um, people have no idea what that old world was about at all. Um, so, yeah, look, uh, that's why I love songwriting. That's why I love songs because there's so much in, in each song that can be, well, I like to think when I'm writing a song, there's, there's 
more than a couple of meetings, you know. Um, John, but, John, we need more than half an hour with you. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's really because I talk, I talk too much. <laughs> Hayden, what else do you want to say? All right. Well, I mean, obviously you've done a little bit of recording with uh, Kieran um, and you put something at the end of last year. Yeah. And um, it seemed from what I could sense from the recording, everything there, I mean, obviously anything you release now probably comes from less commercial intent and probably comes from a, a place of like, I want to add a song to the world that adds value. And, and it's, you're only releasing what you want to release based upon your own desires without commercial record company pressures. So it must be a comfortable place to create music in with that being the dynamic. Yeah. That's a very good um, observation, Hayden. And uh, you're absolutely right. See, I've always written um, music because I felt like I wanted to write it and I had something to say when I wanted to say it. And, and I think that's largely what we've always done with In Excess, you know. I mean, In Excess is, is six people who have six very different views on things, have six uh, completely, you know, different personalities. I mean, sure, we have similarities and that's, that, that's the, that binding thread that holds us together, but we all have different ways of viewing things. And when you put that together, that, that's what creates the unique, you know, combination of those people. But, you know, when, when you're indentured in, in, in all sorts of different um, uh, companies and all these things that help you get where you want to be and, and, and there's guidelines of how that all works, um, you know, uh, I feel a lot more free uh, to not be bound by uh, the confines of, of you know, uh, limitations um, or boundaries put on me by a company, yeah. um, which effectively at the moment, I mean, I, it's really hard to, to see where that's heading. So I, I just stay by myself. Uh, in terms of uh, I just put the music out there. Now, um, I'm not marketing it. I'm not promoting it uh, on purpose because uh, because the music I'm writing and I'm, I'm about to release is very powerful. I think to me it is. It's, it's extremely uh, deep and, and meaningful to me. And I think there's a, a big message in there for a lot of people right now. So I'm holding back a little bit on some of those releases because I want that first one, We Are Awakening, which is the one you're referring to, which I did with Kieran. Um, and by the way, Kieran and I, we trying to think of a name for, for you know, to put. So we thought of, well, John and Kieran. So the acronym, acronym basically is Jack. Yeah. Jack, Jack music. So I, I just thought, look, just like short names, so Jack Music sound, sounded good. So we released that on Jack Music. So it was just one, <laughs> one little song by itself. Uh, up there on the platforms, uh, which will shortly be followed by probably some more stuff by Jack Music and my own my own um, uh, music, which I've been writing and I've, I've been collecting uh, a, quite a, uh, a body of music, body of works, probably over the last ten years. Yeah. I'm kind of like the George Harrison of In Excess. Like I've, I've had all this stuff sort of. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got that. <laughs> I've got that written in my notes here. I've gone. Do you ever feel like the George Harrison of In Excess? The longer the band went on, the more confident, <laughs> and maybe the more. I mean, so, a song like Disappear must have given you a lot of confidence hitting top ten in America. Uh, must have been just a, a feeling of joy. I think at the time, yeah. not just not just because the commercial peak of that, but I think it was such a brilliant song. Had a sort of a Motowny sort of beat to it, and it had yeah. a soulfulness to it, and right. but that hitting a top ten, you know, biggest hit off the album must have been great for your confidence as a songwriter, you know. Let me try and unpack that a little bit because yes, like if I was just a really sort of superficial person and all I cared about was was stats and figures and and how how well did it do and how much did it make and then you know. Yeah, you know, how many likes have I got? And all that stuff. I'm not that guy. I've never been that guy. I, you sure. know, so I've always had a really private life. And frankly, to me, 
um, what's important is that that I was really happy with it, and, and and it made it into an album, which I think was a really important album, and it, it was a very important message. Now, the fact that a lot of people got into it was just a blessing. I mean, that's just absolutely amazing. I never expected it. I never have. I never push any of my music out there with any expectations whatsoever. That's why I, I, I I'm satisfied if, if four people like it. You know, it's because. That's that's for genuine people who like that song genuinely. I'm okay with that, you know. What was um, the mess? What was the message of the song? Well, look, Michael wrote those lyrics, and I never, I never, ever want to insert my own um, perspective on what Michael had in his soul while he wrote that when we were sharing a place in Hong Kong. Hmm. But I think it's largely, again, very similar. Any song that usually I've written with Michael is generally about the kind of thing I'm into, you know, which is is just observation of, of, our, of our greater um, world we live in, you know. And so Disappear, I think, is, is that we go back to what you were just saying about, you know, if we look after the, the, the planet, you know, we won't have, uh, you know, flooding in Melbourne. Maybe, but... Maybe it's a bit more than that, you know. Maybe it's it's um, it's a bit more responsibility about how we are consciously. So what I think Michael was saying, and this is just my interpretation because I did the music, okay, uh, was that when everything just looks so crazy, turn on the the TV and it's just this, you know, barrage barrage, barrage, one after the other of shocking, 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 traumatic, traumatic, traumatic. And here, look, there's a cat stuck in a tree. Let's get the cat down. So you kind of built up, you get a smack in the face, and then, yeah, and they just constantly get on this, this point where you go, mm. and so the whole idea was that song was to make it disappear, just make all that negative stuff go away and then and really sit and feel in, in, in your own in your own space what really is going on, not necessarily what you're watching on television. was a maturity in lyric writing with the songs like The Stairs and Disappear and your own other composition, Faith in Each Other, that mm. then, you know, you go into communication off the next album, which is a bit of a similar thing about the media and, you know, around that Iraq war era, you know, with a lot of disinformation coming out there. It um, seemed like the more maturing part of In Excess, if I could be as, as twee as saying that. I think it was seemingly a bit that way, you know. You're all turning 30 at that stage. I mean, you're all probably, you know, you've had... You had the kick experience, but you're going to this next era, weren't you? Of quite an interesting period. Sure. I mean, look, um, you know, and you're right. When you when you see when you peg someone's life to someone else's life, you're all moving at the same. I mean, everyone's moving along the same time, right? So whether you're three or I'm thirty, um, you know, by the time I'm sixty, then you're thirty-three. So we're all moving along the same time. So you know, we're all evolving. We're all always getting older and we're always hopefully learning more and, and more experiences under our belt. Oh, that's a message from my wife. Oops. <laughs> okay, so I've just got a little free pass. I can give you another half hour. Oh, Woo! great. <laughs> <laughs> See, the you can put it out and it happens. The boss has spoken. <laughs> We're going to dedicate this episode to your wife. Uh, yes. Jill. Thank you, Carrie. Uh, so, so every love song in the world, that's for her. So, 
So, um, so what I'm saying is, is that, you know, I, and I always sort of parallel everything with my life with the Beatles because I was such a huge Beatles fan at such a young age, you know, that as, as you grow with the Beatles, you know, we're all growing together, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So, yeah, but, but when you look back at some of our early work, you know, one of the early albums we did, there was a song that says uh, All Those Years of Learning, right? So I think it was on the second album. Well, you know, to me that's an advanced lyric concept that, that may not have sounded really very polished and 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 uh, you know really mature because we were we were really young, but we were toying with and always have toyed with big grown up concepts. But when you're young and you haven't lived decades of of ad- adulthood, mm. it's harder to craft something that sounds like you know you, you're in your forties or fifties when you're really only well, I was in my eighteens or nineteens or something. I think we're always sort of talking about sometimes the same thing. But yeah, as you say, you know, we just our craft gets a bit more sophisticated. We, we, we've got more tools uh, that we're, we're able to to uh, reach, grab because we've had more experience for those tools to to kind of manifest. Well, within some of your songwriting, a lot of our listeners and patrons, and you might be paraphrasing here, but we're going to just call out some of your compositions or co-writes. We've got Old World, New World, Melting in the Sun, uh, I'm Over You, which is one of the great B-sides, Red Red Sun. <laughs> Great drumming, two of the force there. Uh, disappear, faith in each other. Back online. What a prophetic lyric, huh? Back online. And that, you come was, up before, with, that was before I we know. had internet, right? I so, know. We prophetic, yeah. you and Michael. Yeah, on that yeah, one. Back online. Yeah. So, um, and, and that's really typically wonderful. The type of, I mean, you know, you can hear Andrew talk for hours about how wonderful is working with Michael because he was such a free spirit. Uh, and uh, while you know, I or Andrew or anyone else he wrote with was being sort of super technical, you know, trying to, I'm, I'm operating tape machines and I'm trying to operate, you know, mic prees and, and, and uh, gain structures and all these sort of things uh, and doing the music, um, which now I can do quite fine by myself and, and the lyrics and the whole thing. But in those days, it was a lot more, um, it just helped having Michael, who was just this free range, you know, um, Artist who was able to pluck uh, and, and and just concentrate on melodies and, and lyrics. So uh, back online, of course, what a great metaphor uh, that means so much more now than it probably did then. Yeah. Um, but of course, that's a saying that one would have said. Yeah, I'm getting back online. Mind you, you know, when you were doing movie making or, or videos, you were still using. Uh, a, a synchronicity uh, technology to sync audio with visual. So that mm. was called when you're online or offline. So there's yeah. still a, a little bit of technical stuff in there, but I think obviously that's metaphoric for um, that we're getting back on track, you know, yeah. uh, that, that whatever those uh, hiccups were, those aberrations in our path or what obstacles or whatever, they're, you know, they're melting away and we're able to, to get a clearer path. So we're getting back online. I think that's probably what the message was there.
said a very interesting anecdote a few months ago. We did a full moon dirty hearts retrospective and went through everything there. And he was very, very, comp- well, he's always been very complimentary of you and your, uh, he says there's two geniuses in excess. One is Andrew Ferris and the other one's John Ferris. And you know the way Mark talks. He sort of has a very affirmative and says it like that. <laughs> yes, Mark. So no, I won't argue with that, but I mean, I might in my own, my own space argue with that, yes. By the way, he says hello today. Uh, I saw Mark. I saw Mark. This is something. i got to tell you a funny anecdote, okay? So uh, <laughs> I, was stand, I was standing backstage just recently at the Kiss concert with Gene Simmons and uh, Paul Stanley. And we, the, we, we, were just, we were just walking out of the gig, and uh, as, as we are leaving, uh, I was standing next to Kerry and my wife and my kids, the manager of, of Kiss and um, and someone else, and I saw Mark Opitz walking past, right? And I was staring straight at him, and as he's walking towards me, I can see he didn't, he didn't recognize me, okay? So I just said, excuse me, sir, uh, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Did you act like security? Yeah, because I, 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 uh, I, I don't know if I've got one here. Um, I've got like a, an operator cap. It's like a military operator's cap, and I had that kind of down like this, you know. She's oh, like, really? oh, I'm Mark Opitson, you know, you know. And I'm okay. So, uh, and I was just, I was just, <laughs> he kept it going. I'm, I'm, I'm just pushing his buttons and he's starting to get a bit, you know, and I'm going, Mark. And he's going, yeah. And I'm going, it, 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 it's John Farris. And he's just, he's just like, could, he's, he went, whoa, completely caught him by, and it was hilarious. It was really funny. And then he just, oh. then, then we were hugging and it was like, wow. Well, He's a rock. He's great, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's a legend. Mark is um, he, he's a cultural treasure of this country, you know. Yeah. Uh, and and um, you know, we, you know, from time to time, you have these um, you know, people try to, to to build organizations to recognize these sorts of things. In the past, we've had you know countdown awards, we've had ARIA awards, we've had all sorts of different things. Uh, we've had APRA awards, we have all these different types. Of but you know, there, I don't think there really has been enough. Uh, support for Mark to be recognised for quite just the important, um, you know, cultural treasure he is. We do our little bit. We call him the George Martin of Australia. That <laughs> tends to uh, float his boat a bit, given all these production credits. But um, two particular songs. Obviously, the he mentioned the the riff off the gift was something that was really a demo from you, and you brought along and almost made it to the final cut, I believe. I did. That's my guitar playing on that. Yeah. Which for us was a really interesting anecdote. We it, it didn't sound anything like Tim and Andrew and and Gary when we heard it, but obviously now it makes sense. It comes from your deep canon of <laughs> well, it's it, it, it's right, and that's what that's why I was always a big ad, big advocate um, to share the the love around and who's you know um, submitting songs and stuff is because like the Beatles, you have a, a broad smorgas to choose from and and so of course me and my drummer's hands you know take on the things and the fact that i'm not a proficient guitar player like the guitar players in excess are i'm going to come up with a style that's going to be different and so therefore while it's not technically brilliant you know it's 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 offering something that's that's a little bit unique and so that's why it stood out Uh, and what i had is a, a small marshall uh, battery operated amplifiers about this big and it's, it's something you plug on your belt and, and plug and turn on and you can play electric guitar so it's a little, little speaker like this oh, yeah. and so I just I just put a microphone on um, I keep looking around because I've got a whole bunch of I'm in my studio so there's stuff everywhere um, I put a microphone on that and I just did the, the, the guitar part 
And and it was really the, the glue that glued that song together. So it made the cut and Martin used it. So it was great. A lot of the stuff I wrote was mostly all the stuff, uh, except the, the Middle Eight Bridge was pretty much all, all mine. Yeah. Well, that sounded, you know, without uh, going too much of a comparison, it, it really sounded, you know, something like U2 at the time around that Uktong Zeropa sort of time there with the the echoey sort of sounds there and delayed sort of stuff there. It did have that sort of sense to it, which was really a time when the band were reinventing itself and it was great for you to get the uh, the first single off the album, I guess, you know, for for Full Moon. And did you have yeah. to lobby lobby hard for your tracks to get on albums and things like that? Was there well, something there? I mean, this is where it gets to the really funny discussion because, I mean, you know, I, I don't believe anyone should have to lobby for anything. You know, yeah. I mean, the part being in a band is that uh, a group of people that you're, you're free to express yourself. Um, you know, when when there were uh, sort of certain guidelines that started to be introduced, um, I'm kind of a rebel for me. I bet that's just like waving a red flag to a bull. So I'm like, you know, rules? Sorry, not, you know, you know. I, I, so what I could see was a little gap in what was being presented to the, the uh, songwriting uh, music of In Excess was so the gift for me when I wrote that was simply uh, a kind of a direction that I thought would be good to have in a group of songs to glue that aspect of our music, which we're really good at. It's kind of rock funk, kind of like Lenny Kravitz meets uh, Marvin Gaye meets um, what's that band? Uh, something in the Machine. What's it called? Uh, Rage. Rage of the Machine. Yeah. yeah. So we've got we've got the 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 sort of this rising of of a lot of computer based music, which I've always been into. Okay, so I've always I've always had a hybrid element of my drumming. So I've always had technical rhythms mixed in with my freehand playing and that's been my style. So I, I kind of hybrid technology with, with the freestyle, you know? Yeah. Um, I love I loved that part that um that I, I was listening to you say something about wildlife and you were given free range by Chris Thomas on wildlife. Is that right? That well, Andrew and Michael wrote that, but Chris would, would Chris, all, all the producers, unless, <clears throat> because, okay, let me back, back up a little bit. Well, when Andrew come to the table with, with a song he's written, uh, you know, Andrew would always uh, make mention every time that everything he did was, you know, was really thought about and was really considered. Um, and, and while I think that's absolutely true, it doesn't mean that when other people submit songs that they didn't consider what they were doing either and everything that they were bringing forward wasn't considered as well. So, <laughs> you know, you get to a funny area. It's mean, well, well. so what, what I'm saying is when Andrew would deliver a song and I would hear that he'd consider the drum part, I often would pull back and go, let's run with your, with your rhythm box that you come up with. I'll augment on that or I'll just flirt around it and I'll just enhance what you've already done. Or if it's just a scratch and you want me to fill in my own composition drumming wise, I'll build a whole thing around underneath that song. Mm. Wildlife, of course, you know, there's that whole introduction which do didn't right? And there's just there's chaos, there's a bit of jazz fusion happening in there. And that's when I'm like the dog off the chain. So I'm doing you know, some pretty bizarre kind of off beats and, and that sort of stuff. And then we bring it all down so it's really solid on that beat so that the verse has got a nice bed just to sort of 
you know, that dynamic and then it can just explode again after the mm. chorus. So maybe that's what Chris Thomas is talking about. I'm not sure, but. John, I'm just living your passion still. This is brilliant. I'm feeling it. It's so good. I'm so glad you're still creating music for everybody. Oh, I am. I, I love it. I've got uh, a great toolbox here and I really enjoy writing. And so my, my songwriting journey has been run rather selfishly actually, because um I just love it. And, and when I feel really in touch with it and, and I really feel that, you know, mm. there's this beautiful sort of information or energy or, or um, love or what do you want to call it coming through me, that to me being the conduit for that is, is the gift, you know, mm. like then when the song's finished, that's just like icing on, on, on the cake. And that's why Hayden, when we were referring to, you know, disappear and reaching the charts and whatever, great, you know, but, but a song now that when you mention a song like old world, new world, to me, that's way more that hits my heart huge because yeah. you considered and remembered that, you know, it's it's because it was off kick, you know. What I mean? We we have a very special lady who's been with us from the start with the podcast. Her name is Foxy. She's uh, got red Indian origins, and she uh, that song probably means more to her, and she probably cries more often over that lyric and that song than anything we've ever done. So for Foxy, uh, we'd like to share that with you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the other one as well. Uh, this is just a statistical fact. Since we've commenced the podcast, and maybe I've influenced this a little bit too. The uh, song called Deepest Red probably would be the best B-side, and it's wrong to call it a B-side because, yeah, technically it was on one of the Heaven Sent single, but we think that's one of the songs that we just uh, are always a bit frustrated, never made it onto X or whatever, but we all collectively yeah. love it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Judas Kiss, Kiss of Betrayal, the the yeah. sonics of that are brilliant. Yeah. Um, it's in my top five songs of any okay. um, I'm getting goosebumps yeah. when I think yeah. about that song. Yeah, right, we okay. love it. We get love them it. as well. So please yeah. share your thoughts. We play uh, thoughts. a lot. <laughs> we played a lot, yeah. Mm -hmm. Share us your insights on that one. Um, I'll start with one section of that, that question. So Deepest Red, I was personally disappointed that it didn't make the album because to me it meant so much to me. But see, I'm used to that and, and being in a band and being with brothers, um, I learned so much about life, about just trusting what happens. You know, sometimes you're, damn it, I want that thing or I want it, I want this. And if everyone yeah. was like that, nothing would work, you know. Yeah. And so it teaches you how, like with a family, okay, someone's really needy at the table, you're like, I want this, I want this. You know, you tend to sit there and go, okay, you know, me arguing it isn't going to help the situation. It's going to just elevate and escalate. Mm. So, so what now I'm learning is because it didn't make the album and you have discovered it and certain other people listening to this um, show might go, yeah, I know that song. I really like that song because it's made it more special. Yeah. 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 And I didn't see it at the time, you know, mm. but deep the thread, now we know that Michael's passed and it makes me even more, I get tear up just thinking about it, right? So... <laughs> That, that songwriting process was so amazing, you know, and the song, it just, it, it just, you know, how it goes, you know? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I was doing this sort of, it was like a very melancholy sort of uh, overarching heart sort of, that yeah. it just kept going, wow, it's just something talking to me here. Mm. And so when I did these chords and stuff and Michael, he was, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I can hear him in the in, in the other room kind of going, no, no, no. And I can hear him humming away and he'd come in. He would just walk in. Like, so I'd be writing. And then, he, and then sometimes the door just opened and he'd come in 
and then he just he was in another space and it just and it just fell into his soul and he'd come in and he added it to it so that's the the kind of the emotion and the energy and the experience of writing it but going into the recording of it was really great also because that was was it was an X was it yeah, I think yeah. the Chris Thomas production yeah yeah, 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 yeah. of course and, and so recording it was just absolutely beautiful because um, because it was treated as a B-side, when we tr- transferred all the data that I'd written on my dem- demos across onto multi-track, most of that stuff is all there. It's all me, most of it. And then, of course, you know, augmented by the other guys. But but Chris used to like to keep the stuff I did on my demos, even in there. So um, that song has a very special uh, place in my heart. Again, it's like it doesn't matter to me if it's a hit or not. It's just that it was recorded and that people got, has, have access to it. Is, well, is, yeah, is, we, yeah. We, our listeners, you know, said I've always loved it, you know, having a platform that we do between B and I to put this podcast out, we, we've we given it its its profile to it and, you know, the amount of people who have responded to it who maybe hadn't heard it has been huge and there are people oh. who have heard it and just letting you know it, uh, it it's up there with a lot of the other other. You know, I wouldn't say ballads, but it's probably tinges on a ballad, but it's... Uh, yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying, I know. Sadly, it's not on iTunes, so no one can actually hear it or it's not even on an album. No. It's only on and that then, B-side, yeah. That's right. Yeah. And this is something that I don't know. There's something about my life, something about me. I think what's happening, what's coming in the future is going to be more... I think this is where I step into my light probably a bit more. And I don't mean in, in fame and I don't mean in uh, popularity. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about as I walk further into uh, a higher state of, of awareness and higher state of consciousness, these songs, they're coming with me, you know, like they, they, they suddenly make sense and they tie in. They tie in to something that's a little bit more than just the, the, the uh, cookie cut album, you know. So Deepest Red is to me, a gem because you got to kind of scratch around and find it, you know. Yeah. And then when you find it, you go, wow, I really love this. Well, you know, you don't, and it's up to you. But, yeah. But do you see what I'm saying? So to me, it makes it more special. You know, and, and that's – so I look at it with – I look at it fondly with a smile on my face going, that's the way that, that cookie crumbles, so it's cool. It, you know, it, it, it has found its audience 30 years later in a weird and wonderful way, you know. Yeah. You come my way, supported your platform and your podcast but he's been there for all those years even if it's minutes thank you it's it's all wonderful we all are from the same we're all cut from the same cloth and we're all going to the same place so you know we're all we're all in there together i just want to say thanks and just love everybody and uh just loving life and it's just so great there's people like you out there so thank you for being you and and everything you're doing it's fantastic thank you 
This is Sheila from Birmingham, Alabama. Hey, this is Susan from Cincinnati, Ohio. Hi, this is Maite from Montreal, Canada. This is Suzanne from Los Angeles, California. And that's a wrap. All right, people, that's a wrap. Uh, how good was that part one of John Farris? Uh, to talk about sort of uh, giving and generous and kind and open open for discussion it was fantastic, wasn't it? Very, very good, yes. And if you're um, a patron, you're in for a treat, aren't you, Hayden? Yeah, 100%. So, so uh, we're going to... Let me handle to you. This is your gift to the patrons and some yeah. of the hard work you've done in editing. So please, you share. You sure? I don't mind. Yeah. No, go for it. Okay, so um, if you're a lucky patron or you want to become a patron, we're going to be showing the actual um, footage of the video of part one of what you've just um, watched or listened to, sorry. And so become a patron and you can uh, be let into the super fan page. Fantastic. So uh, this will be one of the times where you get a visual sort of element to things and hopefully, you know, you enjoy that part of it too because, hey, listen, right, I can be a guy in touch with my own feelings, but John's a good-looking rooster and he looks pretty sharp and cool on this particular interviewed doesn't he? he's he's come dressed and lean and prepared he looks uh, ready to go on stage he does he does and again can we just say thank you to carrie for allowing him to uh, be with us a little bit longer yes thank you very much carrie well b we always come off these little uh interviews uh quite excited enthusiastic and even though we're looking back on that one and listening to it we still feel that little joy don't we i know uh, uh john was very very up, up fun and giving about his life uh in the bush now old world new world and um, you know, he was he was great. You know, in terms of just sharing what he had to share. Yeah, yeah, that was um, that was lovely that you brought up um, Foxy. Foxy would be very happy that you uh, mentioned to John that um, Old World, New World meant a lot to her as well. So thank you for doing that. Yeah. What act did you get out of this interview? It was very um, poignant when he was talking about Deepest Red and talking about Michael coming into the room and he said feeling his soul and. This, the music was just right for him. It was a very different way that they were recording together than him and Andrew. Yeah. Um, but the, the bit that struck me was at the end there about Deepish Red. I think you really struck a chord with him there that you, you know, you've mentioned it a fair few times on the podcast and it's one of our songs that we love a lot. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that he's, he's happy that it, probably is a bit more special now that it's a nugget that's to been found. Yeah, and, and it's really great, the the feedback. I know everyone from Darren, uh, you know, to a lot of different people who really love the song, and we've tried to sort of pump its tyres up, but not everybody is, uh, is as nerdy as us uh, in d- diving deep on all of their back catalogues and always, you know, B-sides and things, but we like the fact we've given that song a bit of life and, it's gl- and we're glad that John, uh, yeah, connected with that. So we've got part two coming up and, uh, yep, can't wait to share that one with you next week. Misty feet, misty feet, All right. Well, very exciting, B. Uh, this does bring us into the chance that we can actually talk about an auction item, an auction item, as I would say, auction, as you would say. But uh, we have at our disposal a uh, an album that is particular uh, to John and something we will talk about in part two or three in our interviews with John, uh, which was the original Sin sort of uh, reworking, uh, re, re, reimagining album of all the excess tracks that John sort of uh, co-produced with James Ash. And this particular uh, CD version we got, 
www.bbc.com.au is not available, I think, on iTunes, is it? No. So this is quite a rare thing to get and you'd have to import and things. But the very unique thing about this particular CD that B has uh, somehow been able to come across is it's actually signed by the five members of the original band. Obviously, Michael wasn't around to do it, but we've got the original five signatures from all band members. So we think this might be going down as one of the most unique tracks or albums we could we could auction off. And secondly, having the, all those signatures of the remaining members gives it a very much a point of difference. So we you know we will probably put a reserve on this B because we think it's probably one of our best auction items. But uh, we're very, very excited that uh, John and everybody within the band have signed this and we can get this thing out to a very, very worthy home. Um, anything you want to add to that, B? Next week, when John talks about this album, he just gets so excited about it. And I'm on this journey with him listening and it's just fantastic. It's like edge of your seat. I didn't want him to stop. <laughs> All right. Well, fan engagement, I guess this is your little hot, hot pot here. Any uh, any people throughout the week would like to acknowledge on our platforms, B? On our platforms, I would like to mention them in a moment, but I'd like to just say hello to um, Julian and Danny and again to Georgie and to uh, a new guy called Shane. Shane is a friend of Glenn's and um, he's listening. So hello, mate. I hope you're, you're well and you're enjoying the show. I'd like to say hello to Chris and Jaden, Teresa, Susan, Simon, Linda, Fiona, Pablo, Mark, Douglas, Jaquita, Jan, Troy, Phil, Jay, number J, Andrew, Mew Mew, and Victoria. Hi, guys. Thank you for um, engaging on our platforms with us. And big hello to Paul, big hello to Paul Buckley as well. I think he's been engaging oh. a little bit as well uh, yeah. through some of our platforms too. So, uh, well on to you, Paul, and uh, to uh, everyone else who uh, we can't mention uh, for the sake of time. Uh, again, we just love the interaction that goes on. And uh, I know the ladies behind the scenes definitely love interacting when it comes to anything to do with Michael's torso. So keep that one up. Oh, we got some feedback from the guy from last week as well, didn't we? We did. Um, Hoffman. Yes. <laughs> so, hi, hello, mate. <laughs> is that Glenn? Is that Glenn? Hoffman is Glenn, it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he yeah. was nice. He was tickled yeah. pink to get a mention. Uh, as I said, he, yeah. he, he did write a fantastic War and Peace uh, uh, antidote to uh, 1977-86 with his preference of uh, 87 to 97. But we did give a few snippets of that. And, uh, again, we just value uh, your listening and contributing because it's always important to have an opinion. You don't have to always be right, you know, uh, or wrong or who knows. You know, I mean, they're just opinions. Everyone's allowed to have one. And we think mm. that uh, this podcast does aim to stir up some debate and be passionate about what you know, songs and eras that suit you the most and form an argument. Like, you know, if if you think you're right, you're right. You know, if you if you think someone else is wrong, they're wrong. It's a great thing about discussions, you know what I mean? Just art, put, a, put a case forward because art is uh, subjective, B, isn't it? It's very subjective, Hayden, yeah, yes. Yeah. We've got to start mentioning our party that we're going to be having on the 26th of November. Right, yep. 
because we're going to be having um, Blair coming on the show in a couple of weeks time and we're going to be talking about what's going to be happening at the show. It's going to be very exciting. Um, I hope you can all make it. There are tickets available. So if you can go onto the Don't Change Ultimate in Excess website, you can get your tickets. Come and see me and Hayden and the gang down in Wollongong. Um, I think we've got, we've got all the hotels <laughs> between us all, yes. but it's going to be absolutely fantastic. I can't wait. It's yeah. just like loads of people are helping me so thank you to the gang all right now we're gonna go over the uh, song to dedicate today and uh, probably like the other week we had a double dedication to our parents and to our uh, mums and things uh, i've got a bit of a double dedication today first of all we're going to dedicate this to john farris and those who love him i.e foxy and those etc there because this is a, a song that we haven't really played at large on the podcast but we have referenced a few times uh, the song's old world new world because it does sum up john's life in terms of pre and excess sorry uh, in excess, I should say, career-wise, in the cities and Hong Kong and Sydney, et cetera, to now post-in excess where he's on the farm and enjoying a sort of a post-in uh, excess life. But secondly, also, B, uh, I think it's also an anniversary for a certain gentleman from England who followed you out to Australia, couldn't live without you, and uh, you're hitting an anniversary of a certain amount of years this week. How many years has it been? Uh, being married 18. Uh, and, and I think it sums up you too, because you've got your old world of the UK, you've got your new world, which is Australia. So yes. I think there's a tie in there, B. So we're going to go out with old world, new world. I'll let you say a couple of words about your husband. We've said enough about John at the moment. But if you want to say anything there to add to it, B, over to you. James, thank you so much for allowing me to have this time to do this every week. You're an absolute rock. I know you can be Mr. Grumpy Pants sometimes, but um, <laughs> thank you so much. And um, yeah. All right. I love you. All right. Lovely, lovely, lovely. All right. Over to you, Mr. John Farris for Old World, New World in Excess. That's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from B. Goodbye, everybody. Natives wearing turquoise and silver. Daddy dogs barking in the distance. love a thousand times.
touchy. And you've been listening to In Excess, Access All Areas with Hayden and B. Thank you.